guys, welcome to Triple T. We're your hosts, Megan and Stephanie. Today we are going to talk about the strange disappearance of a little girl named Madeline McCann. So I don't remember hearing about this at all when we were younger. I don't either. <laughs> like literally at all, which is crazy because that was back when I was watching the news a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it either, but I remember her photo. Like, I feel like I remember seeing it, I don't know, on TV or news, I have no I have idea, nothing. but I remember seeing her photo, but I don't remember anything about the case. I don't remember it at all. I know a lot about the case, though, because it's been, I've been very interested in it since getting into true crime and everything, so mm-hmm. I, I know a lot about it, but I don't remember it from when we were little. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, we were, how old were we? 2007? 2007. Oh, I guess when we, we started being that friends. Young. Yeah, but... I guess we just had other things to do, like, meet each other. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, So, I guess let's just get right into it. Madeline's parents were Kate and Gerald, also known as Jerry. They met in 1993, married in 1998, had Madeline in 2003, and her twin siblings, a boy and a girl, in 2005. Madeline and her family lived in the UK and were on vacation in Praia de Luz, which is a small village on the south of Portugal. They booked this vacation through Mark Warner Limited, which is a British holiday company. Madeline was three, almost four at this time, and her siblings were two. The McCann family was on vacation with their friends and their children, nine adults total, including the McCanns, and eight children total, including the McCanns. And it's important to note that the adults normally ate together at the Tapas restaurant located at the resort they were staying at around 8.30 every night through the whole vacation. The group of apartments that the families were staying at were known as Waterside Village and was located on the perimeter of Mark Warner's Ocean Club. This Ocean Club had a whole bunch of amenities like Mm -hmm. pools. I think they had a private beach. I don't remember everything. The Tapas restaurant, things like that. Honestly, that's a lot of people to go on vacation with. (laughs) Yeah, that is a huge group. I think it was four couples, one of the couple's mom, like one of the part of the couple's mm-hmm. mom, and then eight kids. That's a lot to keep track of. I'd be so scared to take that many kids to like a different country I've never been to. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they've been to it. I think they had been there multiple times. Oh, okay. But I would still be scared to take like go in that big of a group to another right. country. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. So, the apartments were not part of the Ocean Club, but I guess because the McCanns, and I guess maybe all of the families, booked their vacation through Mark Warner Limited, they were allowed access to the Ocean Club, and that might be why, I don't know for sure. The apartment that the McCanns were staying at, they all were apartments, I think, privately owned but rented out through this holiday company. And the apartment that the McCanns were staying at was accessible to the public from two sides. Sliding glass patio doors in the living room at the back overlooked the Ocean Club. You could see the pool, the tennis courts, the top of restaurant, the bar. And then the patio doors could only be accessed from a public street where a small gate and a set of steps led to the balcony in that apartment and the living room. The front door was on the opposite side of the block from the Ocean Club. Now, the front door was always kept locked by the McCann family because they didn't use it. They were always spending time at the country club. Mm -hmm. And there was a bedroom near that front door, and that was the bedroom that the kids slept in. 
It had one window with curtains and a metal shutter. I believe the window was at waist height, so it was pretty low window. Yeah. And the curtains and the shutter were kept closed the entire vacation as well. Madeline slept in the bed across the room from the window and the door, and the twins slept in travel cots in the middle of the room. And that's really weird to me. That's weird to me, too. I was going to say that. Because, <laughs> like, like, I get that the twins are going to be in a travel cot, because they're so little. Of course, you'd want to keep them sleeping right. together. But it's weird to me that she's across the room, and the twins weren't touched. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Like, that's, that, that, that just screams targeting yeah, to me. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, premeditated. I agree it's with not that. not a happenstance. I thought the same thing. Okay, I was cool. watching... I don't remember off the top of my head, the Netflix documentary on this. And I remember when they were talking, like, I think they showed photos or they did some sort of reenactment of it. And I was like, that's kind of strange, like, where she was supposed to be versus her siblings. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was weird to me. (laughs) Okay. So the McCanns arrived at their vacation spot on April 28th, 2007. So, on May 3rd, 2007, during breakfast, Madeline asked her parents why they didn't come into the room the night before when she and her brother cried. They thought nothing about it until after the abduction. After Madeline went missing, they wondered if it meant someone had entered the room that night. That's very strange to me. I That literally, as I was doing the research for this, because, fun fact, I procrastinate and did it all last <laughs> night. I was literally, like, I had chills. I had tears in my eyes. I was, like, so freaked out. And, like, I knew all the details of this case. Mm -hmm. But just for some reason, it's just so scary to think about like that. Yeah, especially because she was so young. For her to say something like that, it's... Yeah. She was three. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine your three-year-old be like, how come you didn't come to, like, (laughs) when me and my brother were crying? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's crazy. Weird. And the mother, Kate McCann, remembers seeing a big brown stain on Madeline's pajama shirt that morning. I don't know why that was important. I don't to like put in any of these details, (laughs) but it's just strange the things that you remember. I guess when you're going through a case like this, right? Because yeah, I think at that point they're probably just trying to think of anything that was weird or out of the ordinary. that could possibly lead to something or or maybe oh no i don't know because they don't say what pajamas she was wearing that night that she right talked about yeah. it so i don't know if they're the same pajamas and that's why they mentioned it i, I don't no know idea. but it's still a weird detail <laughs> yeah for sure the family spent the afternoon at the pool and then the kids were put to bed around 7 p.m the resort staff okay this is weird to me <laughs> i know this is actually one thing i didn't know Oh, I didn't okay. know this. I knew this. I must have missed it in the documentary. Yeah, that's why I know it. The resort staff had left. I don't know if they made it super significant or not. They so. probably didn't. But to me, this is huge. Yeah, yeah. The resort staff had... <laughs> we're talking about it. We didn't even say what it was yet. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> the resort staff had left a note in a message book at the swimming pool reception area asking that the same table the parents sat at, which overlooked the apartments, be block booked for 2030 for the McCanns and friends every evening for the last four evenings of the holiday. The message also said that the children would be asleep in the apartments during this time. Madeline's mother believes the abductor may have seen the note. Okay, first of all, what? W- no? <laughs> so, okay. Also important to note, Europeans use 24-hour clocks, oh, right, I think. Right, right. So 2030 is 8.30 p.m. Yes. Um, yes. 
Why would you leave a note in such a public place? Yeah. And for this resort, we talk about it in, like, later on, but they have a missing child search, like, protocol that they go through. So why would Mm -hmm. you even think about putting children at risk like this? Like, you can't trust everybody staying at your resort. You should know that. Right. It's insane to me that they would do that. And I agree with Madeline's mother that that could very well be how the abductor figured it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very shady to me. (laughs) It's weird. And I feel like in the documentary that that I watched on Netflix, I feel like they didn't really talk much about like they mentioned it but i feel like they didn't really talk much about it more than this and that's weird to me because i feel like this is like a really big like okay where can we go from this clue because yeah. i feel like it's a lot more important than some of the other stuff that they were like harping yeah i on. completely agree it's insane that they didn't do more with this one and i mean there there's a lot with this case there is so much more information that we're even going to be talking about but it's just crazy right. to me that they didn't go into that further yeah so at 8 30 p.m the parents all went to dinner at the tapas restaurant like they had been doing before the parents would take turns every 30 minutes to check on the kids that already is shady to me (laughs) only because i mean not the fact that they're checking on their kids that often but just the fact that they're that far from their kids is weird to me but i don't know i'm not a parent so like so i don't know (laughs) I remember hearing, I don't know if it was in another podcast I heard about it, or -hmm. if it was in the documentary, that this was very normal. That parents did this all the time when they were on vacation. Really? At that resort. It might have been at that resort, or maybe even at that time. Which to me, I mean, same, but also we're 14 years from here. Right. So a lot has happened in, like, missing children cases and things like that. That's very true. So I can't say what I would have done in 2007, but now I would never do that. Especially growing up listening to this kind of case, I'm going to be the most paranoid mother. (laughs) It's hilarious, but, like, not at the same time because it's a scary world to live in. Right. So anyway, this evening, (laughs) Jerry took the first check at 9.05 and the kids were asleep. He noticed that the bedroom door was left wide open, even though he remembered leaving it only cracked. He closed it a bit again and left back to dinner. Now, I think that he noted, like, he didn't think anything of it. Probably because, you know, Madeline was big enough to be able to get up and go to the bathroom right. or something like that. So maybe Madeline didn't close it like like it was closed. Right. Do so you I, I- think he actually saw her? Or do you think she was already gone at this point? <laughs> Me, personally... Knowing everything about the case, mm-hmm. I feel like she was still there. Okay. So at 9.05, she was still there. In my thoughts, with okay. all the information I know about the case, yes. Okay. However, I completely understand if you don't. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know if I feel like he saw her or not, but something is already going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we'll talk about theories later. But there's a theory that she was abducted in a burglary burglary gone wrong or killed. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like I wouldn't I wouldn't expect two year old twins to wake up, but a three year old three year olds are a little bit crazy. They're sleep they don't sleep through the night as right. much anymore. So I, I could believe that I could get behind that theory. But again, I don't know. Okay, 
<laughs> okay, so one oh, of the- also oh. I forgot to note in here. Sorry <laughs> that um the parents left the patio door unlocked because it only locked from the inside. Oh right, right, right. So that's how they were getting in that. and out, and that that's the door that they could see from the tapas restaurant. Right. It wasn't the other street side door that they couldn't right. see. Okay, so one of the other parents, Jane Tanner, left just after nine to check on her kids as well. Around 9.15, she claimed she saw a man carrying a child in the street by the front door of the McCann's apartment. She said now that's that the, the child- opposite side. Right. She said that the child had on pink pajamas with flowers and frills by the ankle, similar to what Madeline was wearing. A little strange, but I can understand if you're not already thinking that someone was abducted, that you would think that that was important. Kate was planning on- Checking on the kids again at 9.30 when Matthew Oldfield, another one of the parents, offered to check on the McCann kids when he was checking on his own, since their apartments were right next to one another. Oldfield noted that the kids' bedroom door was wide open, but didn't hear any noise, so didn't look in the room to see if Madeline was there. He also didn't, no- he also didn't notice if the window and shutter were shut. Okay. That's you where think she's still in there at that out. point. This point, no. <laughs> I don't think she's there anymore. Okay. I don't think so either. Important to know, Jane Tanner's witness report, a lot of people claim that she may have made it up after finding out about the abduction. Because she didn't say anything until after. Really? She didn't report that. I'm pretty sure. Oh. And she also claims that she saw Jerry going back to the restaurant while she was on her way to check the kids. Mm -hmm. And somebody else, and neither one of them remember seeing her. Hmm. Which is a little weird to me. Yeah, it's a little weird. But also, I kind of think, like, when something, like, bad happens, I feel like your memory is kind of, like, a little distorted and you're, like, unsure of what really happened and what you witnessed and didn't witness. So, like, I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, for sure. We've been through that multiple times. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, so another half hour later at 10, Kate decided she was going to go check on the kids, noticed the bedroom door was wide open again. She tried to pull it shut and it slammed like there was a breeze pushing it closed. And that was when she looked in, noticed the window and shutter were open, looked in Madeline's bed and found out that she was missing. After this, now this is also weird to me, but again, never been in this situation. Right. She ran back towards the Tapas restaurant yelling, Madeline's gone, someone's taken her. Did she leave the twins? I think she left the twins in the room. I think she left the twins, which is also weird to me. Again, you're overwhelmed, you're scared, right. you, you don't think straight. So yeah, you're obviously just going to go try to make sure that the first kid that's missing is taken care of. Right. But I just... I, I, it's just weird to I'm me. not a mom, and I wasn't a mom during this time. But I and just, I'm not like, mom-shaming. Right. I just feel like that if I was in that situation and one kid was already missing, I'm grabbing the kids that are there and I'm yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> leaving. Like, I don't know. I mean... I'm not her, so I don't want to say that she's in the wrong, but it is weird to me. Also, like, it was 2007. Did nobody have their cell phones on them? Like, again, I've never been in this situation, so... Right. I I don't know what I would have done, but I would think that, you know, stay with the the kids that are there. Right, and then call. call. Yeah, that is weird to me. I didn't even think about that. They should have had cell phones. But again, you know, they're international, so maybe they didn't... I, I don't know. It was just all weird. To also, me, parents don't really carry their phones around, so maybe she did have her phone, but it was at the restaurant, and she just walked to go check on them Fair. and came back. Still weird, but Fair. I don't know. <laughs> all right, around ten ten, 
Jerry sent Matt Oldfield to the reception desk of the resort to contact police. And at 1030, the resort's missing child search protocol was activated and staff and guests were looking for Madeline until 430 a.m., initially believing that she would have wandered off. I don't I cannot get behind this thought that she wandered off because the window and shutter were I open. agree. That is the only reason I can't get behind this. I agree this. with that. Also, it's so weird. In the documentary, this made me so mad. But at the same time, like if I was in the situation, I probably would have done the same thing. But they were talking about how hard it was to figure out like what happened because everybody was all over the place, touching things, moving things, and like they were just kind of ruining all evidence that was there. And like I feel like I probably would have done the same thing. I would have been moving things and touching things because you're like you're panicking trying to find her. Right. And I just like I was so frustrated because I was like, no, they're like losing like all these like clues that they could have used for this case. And well, and I heard that the Portuguese police weren't very helpful Mm -hmm. as well during this. Like they didn't follow protocols or anything. Yeah. So another thing that hits me right now as we're going over it madeline's mom yelled someone's taken her now i believe if my child was found missing i would also initially think that someone's taken her but looking back at this she doesn't have any prior knowledge right so what would make her think that someone took madeline right like i don't know i wasn't in the situation but i feel like my what i would be yelling is just that she's missing I don't know. Yeah. I feel like saying that someone has taken her, it's just, it's kind of weird. <laughs> My first instinct would be to search the entire apartment. Yeah. And just start looking. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I would not think that someone had taken her right, right. away. I, again, not in this situation. Right. Don't know what Kate may have seen that may have made her think this, but yeah. anyway. Around 10, there was actually another witness report. Not The witness report wasn't given at 10, but it was from 10 o'clock. Martin and Mary Smith, who were on vacation from Ireland, reported to police that they had seen a man carrying a toddler-aged girl who was blonde and wore light-colored pajamas with bare feet. And they noted that he didn't look like a tourist and he didn't look comfortable carrying her. What do you think about that? So that kind of goes closer in time to when Matthew Oldfield checked the apartment, when I think that she went missing around like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I know that I read somewhere that somebody said that probably right before Kate went in to check on the kids is when Madeline was abducted, though. Oh, okay. I don't know why they said that, especially with all of the evidence being like screwed up by everybody touching everything. I don't know how they could have come to that assumption. Right. I, I don't know. It's just weird. There were a lot of witnesses reporting a lot of sketchy people in the resort, in the neighborhood, from, you know, that whole day, pretty much. Right. I, I remember Is that reading, normal, though? Or was it just this weird day? I don't know. And you know what? With a case like this, it's really hard because you're thinking about what you saw from that day. And you want to be able to give any possible information. Right. So maybe people are just, you know exaggerating what they saw or imagining or maybe there were sketchy people in the neighborhood we don't know right it's really hard to prove that without you know actual evidence of it videotapes things like that right there were a few suspects none were charged with anything and there was really no proof of any of them the first suspect was a british portuguese man named robert murat 
He lived nearby with his mom in the direction that the man seen carrying the child was walking. He initially signed up as an interpreter to help during the search because he knew English and Portuguese. And there was no proof and were no links to this case, so he wasn't investigated any further. And then another suspect, suspects, were her parents, Kate and Jerry. A lot of people seem to think that Kate and Jerry had something to do with this, were behind it, maybe even killed Madeline. I can't get behind that. I can't either. Ma- they, you watch the documentary, they are way too distraught. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are some parents that may kill their children. Kate and Jerry, I don't think so. I think that they were just... I don't think so either. I, I don't think anything about them is sketchy or screams, you know child killer or anything and what was weird is that like when they were investigating all this and they like were saying oh we found like their dna on this stuff and then it like turns out no we didn't it's like okay well what actually (laughs) happened because it sounded like the media was trying to say that it was the parents the media was and they kept saying they found evidence and they didn't actually find the media was absolutely horrible covering this case much to how they covered a lot of what was going on with Britney Spears, it was the same time. Mm-hmm. They blew everything out of proportion. They made, not clickbait because you didn't click on newspapers, but clickbait headlines, things like that. It was just, they they made something out of nothing throughout this whole case. Yes, it was important to get it out there about the information about Madeline, what was going on, you know, send us information, yada yada, but... They put a lot of accusation on the parents and what they called the top of seven, which were the parents who went to dinner. Mm -hmm. They put a lot of accusation towards those parents. And it just, I think it really just stuck in everyone's minds that, oh, well, these parents are irresponsible. These parents don't care about their kids. These, like, you don't know. You weren't in that situation. Right. And the media just has that big of an influence on the general public that. That right. would happen. Yeah. All right. Do you want to get into theories now? <laughs> of course. As if we haven't this whole time. I know, for real. So the <laughs> theories, there are a lot of theories about what happened to Madeline. The first one is that she left the apartment herself looking her for her parents and was abducted on the way looking for her parents. Mm-hmm. But why was the window open then? Right. Like, I... I don't believe this theory. No, I don't either. I don't think that Madeline left of her own accord. I don't think that she would have opened the window. I don't know if she would have been able to. She was three, almost four. And it says waist high, but how tall is the person that you're comparing this to? Did they ever mention opening this window ever, like, being there? Like, is it possible someone left the window open and just forgot? They, they specifically mentioned they kept it shut their entire vacation. The okay. window and the shutter okay. and the curtains. Okay, then yeah. I don't I don't think she would have tried to open no, the door for so their window for any reason. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. The second one, now this one is really sketchy to me. And I don't know if I'm fully behind it, but I'm not not behind it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this came out last year. I... I I don't know how many people have actually seen this either. Two years ago? Whenever Epstein was arrested. Yeah, I forget. Around then, that's when this came out. So after Epstein um, was arrested. Or no, it was after Epstein was killed himself. (laughs) After Epstein killed himself. And Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Ghislaine Maxwell, for those who don't know, was 
an associate of his. We'll get into that in a different episode. Yeah. After she was arrested, there was a sketch of a woman possibly connected to the Madeline McCann case. And I remember sending this to you. Yeah. Circling social media. And this woman looked weirdly similar to Ghislaine Maxwell. Yep. Absolutely insane. And I didn't, like, at first I was like, oh, dude, look at this. But then after that was when I had watched the Epstein documentary. And there were a whole bunch of girls talking about how they were preyed on in Portugal. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, well. I, I feel like it's very likely, but I don't think it happened. (laughs) I agree. Also, they preyed on more teenagers, not toddlers. Right. And. Which is why I'm not fully behind this. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine them like going into someone yeah just like orchestrating this whole like let's take this child like i don't know it it's they were a a lot smarter with the way that they abducted right women they convinced them to join them they didn't just kidnap and mostly i think and since they were so successful doing it that way i can't see why they would try to do it another way where they could have potentially been caught so much sooner <laughs> yeah i completely agree so yeah i i don't believe that one but it's very strange <laughs> yeah the next theory was that kate and jerry murdered her and hid her body or got rid of her body we already talked about we're not really behind this one yeah they're they're way too distraught as parents i don't think that they could have done this another thing that sparked this theory they said that they found madeline's dna in the rental car in the trunk right yeah yeah but like three-year-olds climb everywhere so that could have right, been that. right it could have been from her stuff like it was just hair it wasn't blood right i'm pretty sure it was like hair fingernails things like that mm-hmm. so she was three they they do whatever they want right i <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it would have been different if it was like maybe in a well, no. I feel like even if it was an adult, it probably still wouldn't have like you know you're put you're putting things in and out of the trunk, like you know exactly. you're touching Scrape the car, your arm. right? Yeah. So yeah, I also don't believe this one. I watching them like speak to the public so many times in the documentary, it just it it looks like that they're really like hurt and they're really like I just. I it's feel like so you can heart wrenching to watch them. I feel like you can tell when like something's up with somebody, and I don't like see with it Chris in either Watts. Of them. You could tell that was weird. Chris Watts, he was the one that killed his pregnant wife. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah. You could tell something was up <laughs> yes, with him. Yes, yes. With Kate and Jerry, it's just I-, I don't see anything. I don't either. Now, last year, 2020. Okay, I didn't know about this. <laughs> I didn't either until I was searching. I was like scouring the internet. Okay. June last year, German police said that they had a man that they call Christian B was arrested. He's in German prison serving time for unrelated sexual crime and drug offenses. This man has also been known to to have burgled hotels and dealt drugs. But in between 1995 and 2007, he sporadically lived in Portugal. And they think that maybe he was involved. German authorities are asking for info of his whereabouts the night and the time that Madeline disappeared because they're, they don't specifically have information about where he was. And since he was known to be in Portugal mm-hmm. in that time frame, they think maybe he had been involved. I don't, they don't have a lot of information. 
I couldn't find much more information than the one article I was reading, mm-hmm. and I think it was by the New York Times. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I feel about this one. I'm not sure either. I, it's a little random to me. I agree. But, I mean, with them assuming that it that they have some sort of case on someone as of, when was this? Last year. Last year? Yeah, I mean, they must have some sort of evidence that, like, they didn't put out to the public yet. I feel they like there's- also, German authorities are also saying that they believe Madeline's been killed. They believe she's dead. A lot of other authorities are saying that she could still be alive. I think the Germans are the only ones that are saying that she's definitely dead. What do you think? My theory. So other theories include being taken by a lone pedophile, taken by human or sex trafficking ring, or killed in a burglary gone wrong. Mm-hmm. I personally think she was taken by a human trafficking ring. <gasps> Me too. So that is something that, honestly, since I heard about this case, that was my theory. I don't mm-hmm. think the parents had anything to do with it. Right. I, I just, I think that she had been scoped out. Mm-hmm. I think that she was being watched while on vacation. And Portugal is a big vacation place for British people. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, this ring was like, oh, yeah, these people don't pay attention when they're on vacation. Because right. a lot of people don't. A lot mm-hmm. of people do not pay attention like this on their when they're on vacation. So yeah. I think that they targeted Madeline. They figured out what the parents were doing. I, this yeah. was only, what, there are 30 days in April, so two. This was five days into their vacation that she was taken. Yep. So. I 100% agree. That's my theory. I think it had everything to do with trafficking, and uh, it's very common. So yeah, it's not like a far-fetched thing. Yeah, Right. It's so scary to me. I want to talk about with my tea later. Oh, gosh. So, because... And this this is also another thing that makes me think it's trafficking. There have been sightings all over the world of Madeline. Mm -hmm. They claim... People claim that they're seeing her. I think that they're not all fake. I think that... Because they... I don't know who put it out, but they put, like, an aged picture of Madeline out. Mm -hmm. Of what she would look like around nine... And I think that people are seeing that picture. And I think that they're seeing her. I think that the, it was I so agree. close. Let me see some of the examples. Because I did see some that were crazy. But I didn't know what to actually include last night. Since she disappeared, there have been around 9,000 sightings. Mm-hmm. And that's just insane to me. Yeah. Over 101 countries across the world. From Canada to New Zealand. Which is pretty much the whole world. Right. Unless you're going the other way, then that's not much of the world. <laughs> and you you can't tell me at least one of those wasn't actually her. Exactly. So the first two sightings are Jane Tanner when she saw saw a man carrying a kid. The second sighting was the Smiths who saw a man carrying a kid. Mm-hmm. And then about a week later, there was a sighting in Portugal, I believe, of a of three men, a woman, and a girl resembling Madeline. And this was a taxi driver who reported this sighting. They never proved anything. They never disproved anything. Right. Then there were sightings in Spain, and that was in 2007, and then another one in 2012. There were sightings in Morocco in 2007, Belgium, Malta, New Zealand, France, Britain, 
Australia. Do any of these sightings give more details about, like, is she with somebody? What do they look like? Like, do any of them seem like they connect or they, is is there not much information out there on these sightings? So, some of them there is, some of them there isn't. Okay. The, there's one, she was possibly seen in the Netherlands in 2000, in May 2007, which was when she was abducted. Somebody reported to Dutch police that a girl around three or four who resembled Madeline came into her shop and told her that the adult she was with was a stranger who took me from my mummy while she was on holiday. She also said her name was Maddie. What? (laughs) So the McCann's spokesperson said that it was a disgrace that they hadn't been told about this and about the reported sighting at the time. So they weren't told right away. That's insane. That's crazy. And apparently there are a lot of files in the Portuguese police case files of reported sightings, 14 volumes of sightings from around the world. That's so crazy. That's just insane to me. There was a sighting in India in 2011 where British and American tourists saw a young girl with a French Belgian couple who claimed that the child was theirs. No DNA was taken and the chief of police in India denied the reports. What? Wait, what do you mean? It's just, I guess the the chief of police was saying, nah, not real. Fake news. Okay. But who is the chief of police to say something like that? Right. <laughs> there's a lot of sketchiness around this case, especially when it comes to the authorities. Yes. And I'm not for not trusting police, but at the same time... There is a lot of corruption. Oh, for sure. All over the world in any kind of authorities, governments, all of it. So would it be a stretch to say that there are some authorities throughout the world that are part of a trafficking ring? Oh, not at all. (laughs) How how would they be getting away with it for so long? There's no way that they could get away with it with no connection. That's how people get away with things all the time because there's... Exactly. Everybody's got connections. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's... There's... A lot of sightings, but those were the most detailed. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think it has everything to do with like trafficking and stuff. She's I definitely think she's alive. I think a lot of those sightings are real. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, not even just movies, but I have seen too many movies where, you know, people are taken and for years kept in a mm-hmm. trafficking ring. But even in real life, you see it happening. Right. Even in real life, you see just kidnapped victims, not part of human trafficking, living for years and years, like J.C. Dugard, all of those kinds of ones that have recently come out. It's just, right. it's insane and so, so sad. Do you think at this point, like, do you think so much time has went by that she doesn't really even remember, like, life, like, before all of this? Like, do you think, like, she was too young that she doesn't even remember at this point? I honestly don't know psychologically i don't know how it would work because that kind of a trauma i can't imagine something like that being forgotten easily right but at the same time she was so young right and at this point she would be like what if she doesn't even know she's missing (laughs) like you know what i mean she would yeah she would be 17 or 18 and if they're not calling her by her name Whoever took her, I don't think she would know. I don't think she would even have a clue. But again, I don't know how it would work psychologically. Right, right. So maybe. Yeah. There is so much information on this case. Yeah. We don't have enough time to go into all of it. Yeah. But I I think that you should definitely research 
more if you're interested because there's a lot to be found on the internet. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are going to trusted sources, though, because there are also a lot of theories and you don't want to spread that around. Mm -hmm. And definitely go watch The Disappearance of Madeline McCann on Netflix. They have a lot of information. I think it's six episodes. Yeah, something like that. It's just like a little mini series, but that was where it honestly where all of my information started yeah that was so interesting honestly that was where i even like fully learned about the whole thing like i yeah like i said i didn't know about it at the time that it was happening and then just over the years i've heard bits and pieces of it but i fully didn't know the story until i watched that documentary on netflix which by the way the parents did speak out regarding that documentary and they were not happy about it (laughs) really they well not in terms of, like, it being wrong, but just, well, maybe. I don't know. But they pretty much just said, like, they were not happy about it because they didn't want it to, like, tamper with what was, like, the ongoing case. So I don't know if there's lies to this documentary or not. But I think there's a lot of truth to it. So <laughs> highly recommend. Even if there isn't a lot of truth, there's a lot of information that can get you to the truth from that documentary. Right. So... You have some tea for me today, Stephanie. I do. And it had to do with the trafficking. Ooh. Not not regarding this, but it had to do with trafficking. Okay. So when I was rereading everything that you wrote, because for those who don't know, we create an outline every time we have an episode and Megan did this entire one. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally couldn't add to it at all. She literally put all the information that I knew, so... <laughs> So when I was reading, an interesting case. <laughs> when I was reading what Megan put, it I remembered something that I had watched like two or three years ago. Don't quote me on it. You could easily look it up. I just didn't. But <laughs> lazy. <laughs> not to, not to mention Shane Dawson again. I feel like I mentioned him like every podcast. <laughs> this is not yeah. me endorsing him, but he is not getting paid on YouTube currently. So feel free to look this up. But he has. <laughs> <laughs> but he has like a like a conspiracy theory video and it talks about this girl he was friends with on youtube she still has her channel she has a book out uh, about what i'm going to talk about but she was kind of almost involved in this whole trafficking thing she like she was very much known for like making parody videos on youtube if you just looked her up i'm sure you would know her her name is Brittany taylor but She, like, met this guy on some sort of dating app, and he was, like, I don't know if he was living in the U.S. at the time or how she got in contact with him, but he was originally from Serbia, I think. Also, don't quote me on that. (laughs) He was from a different country, I know that. And they ended up just getting into a relationship after time of getting to know each other and stuff, and they shortly after she got pregnant, and, like, things got really weird, like his mom would come and visit and she would like make comments about like their baby being her baby and talking about like how perfect the baby's skin is and like how there's just nothing wrong with the baby and like that's weird making like weird comments like that and then like he was getting weird like he was really abusive but uh, not saying that that's not weird but that's not the weird part of this story he was like taking photos of just 
the baby and like didn't want any photos of him with the baby no photos of her with the baby and that's when she started thinking like okay something's wrong (laughs) like something doesn't feel right i mean she was already like being like physically and mentally abused at that point but it was weird and he like they spent like a day where he wanted to do like this photo shoot like a family photo shoot and the photos he was taking were like headshots like as if he was taking photos for like passports what yeah and then he was talking about how he wanted to get citizenship for the baby and in serbia or something i don't know and that's when she was like okay this is weird i i need to do my own research so one day when he was claiming to be at work he claimed he was a doctor he was not she was going through his laptop and she was like you know what i'm just going to do a quick like google search to see what he's like doing on his laptop and stuff and she found tons and tons not just like porn and stuff but like just stuff that was all related to like trafficking of like kids and stuff and that's when she was like okay this is not okay and I don't remember exactly how she got out of the situation because I don't even know how he got into the like I said look this up on your own time because I don't remember it fully (laughs) but she ended up getting out of the situation changed her child's name and yeah it was crazy I think she was almost involved in this like (laughs) trafficking situation it sounds like he was getting ready to like sell the baby to traffickers yeah it literally sounds like taking photos his mother talking about how perfect the baby is there's nothing wrong with it like it weird that's weird (laughs) weird like i get a grandmother saying how perfect the baby is but saying like it's her baby talking about his skin that's weird that's weird (laughs) So, yeah, know. that I thought of that when I read what you wrote about the sex trafficking and stuff. I was like, oh, I remember a case because it is very common. So, yeah, I do recommend looking into it because, like I said, Shane Dawson is not getting paid. So do what you can. That's crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she also has a book out with this whole story if you want to go look it up i think you can find it on amazon her name is Brittany taylor i don't know what the book is called but yeah she ended up releasing the book before shane dawson even did the documentary on it i believe so yeah feel free to either look at the video or the book but either way the story is crazy did she like report him did anything happen to him i am pretty sure she reported him i'm pretty sure she like that's how he like got out of the country and stuff and like i think he like came to the u.s because he married like a friend's mom or something something weird that's weird yeah (laughs) i don't know i think he was fully like i'm gonna go to the u.s i'm gonna get somebody pregnant and i'm going to sell the child so yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah well (laughs) sorry i'm just kidding my tea is not as scary as that. It's scary in a different way. Okay. So I actually woke up to this notification from the Weather Channel because, nerd, <laughs> that a meteorologist was covering the weather live on air when his house was hit by a tornado. <gasps> so meteorologist's name is James Spann. He's covered severe weather in Alabama for 40 years. On March 25th, like, you know, last week, He was covering a severe weather outbreak when he saw the tornado that came from the storm was moving towards his house. His wife was home alone while he was on air. So when he saw within 10 miles, he texted her and said, shelter now. 
And she texted back and replied, I'm there. Like, literally, while he's on air, he's checking on her. Oh, my God. So, at some point, Akali took over for a few minutes, and he checked on her, checked on everything. And he said that there was a lot of damage, so that's why he had to go check. But Mm -hmm. the home was still intact. Roof is still on the house. The wife is okay. There's just a lot of damage in the area. That is insane. Is that not, like, one of the scariest things ever? That's scary. Like, I'm scared to death of weather anomalies, earthquakes, tornadoes, volcanoes, all that (laughs) stuff. This is scary. Volcanoes. (laughs) Why you judge me? (laughs) I just felt like it was really random with the list you were listing. (laughs) Mm, I list things. It's what I do. I mean, I feel like I would be a lot more terrified of that stuff if I experienced them, but I feel like because it doesn't like happen here, I don't really I think you also didn't that. grow up watching the movies I watched. I watched a <laughs> lot of natural disaster movies. So no. like yeah. But I do know that my dad wanted to be like some sort of storm chaser, if that has you know, if that helps any, but <laughs> My mom wants to be a storm chaser, too. <laughs> I I want to be a storm chaser, but, like, from afar. Like, I don't want to... Get up in the action. Yeah, like, I want you to, like, videotape it for me as it's happening, and I can watch it, like, at home, but I don't want to be, like, in the storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... I you, just give me my movies. I'm good. The yeah. only thing that doesn't scare me, and probably because I've never been in a major one, are hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure major hurricanes are extremely scary, but by the time they get up to the Poconos, they're either category ones or tropical storms or literally just rain. So like, right. I think what scares me the most are, is like tsunamis. I'm like, you literally live so far inland, Stephanie. I know, but just the thought of tsunamis terrify me. I think like I was probably scarred at a young age seeing like a tsunami on TV, and since then, like I'm terrified. <laughs> I've had dreams. I've had dreams I've been in tsunamis, so, like, I get it. Yeah, and I also... I die right away. <laughs> like, I forget what tsunami it was and when this was, but I remember watching someone get interviewed by Ellen one time about her being in a tsunami, and she was, like, clinging to a tree as it was happening, and, like, all her oh, bones yeah. broke, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so scary. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think the scariest thing for me is probably earthquakes. <laughs> You know what's weird? I hear a lot of people, like, from California, like, YouTubers talk about, like, what it feels like to have, like, an earthquake. And they said, like, even the smallest earthquake, like, it just feels weird. Like, it just feels off and, like, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm not going West Coast. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to picture, like, that being scary, but I feel like maybe if I experienced it, then I would understand. My entire life is just off. Like, I'm always falling over. <laughs> I don't need an earthquake to help me with that. Do you remember one time you were at my house and an earthquake happened and we just, someone posted about it on Facebook and we were like, what? It did? I think <laughs> West. because we're in the mountains, we don't feel them as strong. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah. They scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to death of earthquakes. And I, well, I don't even live in an area where earthquakes are common. Well, hopefully you never have to experience one. <laughs> Don't make me move to the West Coast and we're good. As if, you know, you're the one forcing me to move somewhere, but... Right. Because, you know, you're my spouse, not Bobby. <laughs> okay, oh. so next week we are going to discuss the moon landing and a bunch of other, like, space theories and such, but our focus is going to be on the moon landing. I have a lot to say. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. This is exciting. 
Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we are finally on Apple, so you can find us there. You can also subscribe on YouTube, but please make sure to leave a review on one of the other platforms. Let us know that you're following us. You know, let us know what you think. Yeah. Send some suggestions. Follow our social medias. We are trying to be active. I'm terrible at it. I don't oh, know I'm, I'm awful doing. at it. I haven't done anything. <laughs> so we have Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I post on Instagram when the episodes are live. <laughs> I'm trying to get better. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. We, we've uh, been posting at 3 p.m. every Tuesday. Yeah, 3 p.m. on Tuesdays is when we're going live. So see you then but (laughs) you can interact with us on twitter let us know what you think send us some of your theories you know we might talk about what you send us on the podcast yeah like gomez he commented on one of our posts thank oh yeah shout out to gomez (laughs) thank you for listening yeah we hope you are enjoying this i didn't think you would be the one to listen to our podcast but thank you yeah literally (laughs) So thank you everyone else for listening and please stick around. We are loving making this podcast for you guys. Yes. So we will see you guys next time. And that's the triple T. Bye.